What does it mean that Jesus is a king? Well, Jesus says that he is a king, and he says that in John chapter 18, verses 36 and 37. Let's read it. Jesus said, My kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jewish leaders. But now my kingdom is from another place. You are a king then, said Pilate. And Jesus answered, You say that I am a king. In fact, the reason I was born and came into this world is to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. In that same statement, he adds that his kingdom is not of this world. Many people interpret Jesus' words to mean his kingdom is only spiritual in essence and that his rule is merely a rule over the heart and mind of those who accept him. However, Jesus' kingly rule is much more. It is both spiritual and physical. Yes, his followers and disciples submit themselves to his rule over their heart and mind in the present. Yet scripture also tells us that in the future, Jesus will reign as king over all the territory of earth and all the peoples who live there. Jesus' perfect, sinless life in the flesh was a demonstration of his suitability to assume the role of king over all humanity. He's been officially appointed to that role by God the Father. However, the appointed time for him to take up his commission has not yet come. God has given humanity a fixed allotment of time to try and govern themselves. Once the clock runs out on the time humanity has been given, Jesus will return to earth and set up the rule of God on earth. Scripture does not provide the exact length of time mankind has been allotted to attempt to properly govern themselves. Take a look at the book of Acts, chapter 1, verse 7. Speaking here to the disciples before he ascends, let me back up and start reading in verse 6. Then they, that's the disciples, gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, It's not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Go to Matthew 24, verse 36. Speaking here to the disciples about prophecies of his return in the end time, Jesus says this in verse 36, and we'll read through to verse 44. But about that day and hour no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. As was in the day of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. For in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, up to the day Noah entered the ark. And they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. That is how it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. Two men will be in the field. One will be taken, the other left. 
Two women will be grinding with a hand mill. One will be taken and the other left. Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. But understand this. If the owner of the house had known at what time of night the thief was coming, he would have kept watch and would not have let his house be broken into. So you also must be ready, because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. This coming turning point in human history is foretold. We can read about that in Revelation chapter 19, starting in verse 11. I'll read through to verse 16. I saw heaven standing open, and there before me was a white horse, whose rider is called Faithful and True. With justice he judges and wages war. His eyes are like blazing fire, and on his head are many crowns. He has a name written on him that no one knows but he himself. He's dressed in a robe dipped in blood, and his name is the Word of God. The armies of heaven were following him, riding on white horses and dressed in fine linen, white and clean. Coming out of his mouth is a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations. He will rule them with an iron scepter. He treads the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God Almighty, and on his robe and on his thigh he has this name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. In these verses, Jesus is spoken of as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. At his return, all human governments and authorities will come under the direct authority of Jesus Christ, who will be present on earth. He will be the supreme head over all human government. As king, Jesus will serve as supreme judge, enforcer of laws, and a settler of disputes. Take a look at Isaiah chapter 2, verses 2 through 4. In the last days, the mountain of the Lord's temple will be established as the highest of the mountains. It will be exalted above the hills, and all nations will stream to it. Many people will come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the temple of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways, so that we may walk in his paths. The law will go out from Zion, the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He will judge between the nations and will settle disputes for many peoples. They will beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations will not take up sword against nation, nor will they train for war any more. The territory of Jesus' kingdom will be the entire earth and all humanity will be his subjects. His purpose will be to perform the will of the Father on earth, and to represent the goals and values of God who is in heaven. Those who have submitted themselves to Jesus in this present age will have an important role assisting Jesus in the next phase of God's plan, which begins when Christ returns. The purpose of Christ's rule as King of Kings is to restore all things back into a proper relationship with God. This period of Christ's rule on earth as King of Kings is spoken of as lasting 1,000 years. Let's see that in Revelation chapter 20, verse 4. I saw thrones on which were seated those who had been given authority to judge. 
And I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded because of their testimony about Jesus and because of the word of God. They had not worshipped the beast or its image, and they had not received its mark on their foreheads or hands. They came to life, meaning they were resurrected, and reigned with Christ a thousand years. Then, when everything on earth has become subject to the rule of God, Jesus will deliver the kingdom back to the Father. We can read about that in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 23 through 28. Let me back up a verse and start in 22, which reads, For as in Adam all die, so in Christ will all be made alive. But each in turn, Christ, the firstfruits, then when he comes, those who belong to him. That means when Jesus returns, the resurrection of those who are in Christ. Now in verse 24, it goes on and says, Then the end will come, when he hands over the kingdom to God the Father, after he has destroyed all dominion, authority, and power. For he must reign until he has put all enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be destroyed is death, for he has put everything under his feet. Now when it says that everything has been put under him, it is clear that this does not include God himself, who puts everything under Christ. So when he has done this, then the Son himself will be made subject to him who put everything under him, so that God may be all in all. If you want more information on Jesus Christ's coming rule on earth, you should request our free Bible study aid, The Gospel of the Kingdom. You can get a physical copy mailed to you, you can get it on your Kindle, or you can read it online. I've put the links to that important booklet in the description below.